right, how's everyone feeling this morning? We're doing well? Some of you are asleep? All right. My name is Mark, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and it's my job to come up here and wake you up. So that was my sad attempt at it, and I'm sorry that I wasn't able to do a better job. But I uh, wanted to, uh, again, just welcome you to Movement Church. Uh, excited to see so many new faces each week, uh, like was mentioned. Uh, we are still a new church, still finding our voice and, and kind of finding out who we are and, and building what God wants to start here in Hilliard, and so we're excited each week to see people added to that and, and see new faces. Uh, I wanted to, uh, to follow up on something that you may have got an email from us uh, about this week. Uh, we, we've said that, you know, we're, we're kind of in uncharted territory. We're a church that, that is getting started, and we're excited about what God is building, but we don't really know uh, week in and week out exactly what the future holds. And so uh, we, we've kind of thrown something out there. We didn't want you to think we were crazy, but uh, we said that, that as a church, if, if you're interested, we, we're going to go from March 10th till March 31st, which is when we have our, our grand opening, our first launch service, and we're going to do something called a Daniel Fast. Uh, if, if you don't know what fasting is, it's basically, uh, you know, holding something back from your life. Uh, m- most people think of fasting as, oh, you have to completely stop eating. We're not asking anyone to do that, all right? But we did send out an email and just say, uh, you know, a Daniel fast is something that, that Daniel did in the Bible. And basically it was a, a vegetarian diet with some other things, protein, peanut butter, and all that good stuff. And, uh, and we've just said that, that if that's something you're interested in, uh, we want to extend that to our whole church. Because uh, we know that God has called us to something great uh, in this town. And we're excited about what he was doing. And so we want to take uh, the attention that normally goes to, to ourselves and to, to eating and all of those things and, and put that attention to God. We just want to say, uh, God, you, you have our attention. You have our focus. We're going to read a chapter of the book of John each day in those 21 days and, uh, and just pray and say, God, we're asking you for big things in Movement Church and in the city of Hilliard. And so uh, we just want to, to ask if, if anyone would like to join in that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we've sent out an email, but we'll put that up on our website this week. There's an information sheet if you're wondering, okay, so what am I allowed to eat? What can I do? It's really not that big of a deal. You can, you can still eat peanut butter and celery, and those are my favorite snacks anyway. So you can put the little raisins on them and everything. And everybody can be happy, all right? I promise. So I uh, just wanted to let you know real quick about that Daniel fast and, and bring us up to date as a church. Uh, as, as God builds our church, we're asking him for big things, and we think that's just a part of it. And so I wanted to uh, let you know about that. So uh, before we jump in the word, will you, will you pray with me here? And, and we'll get started. God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the chance to be in your presence. And Lord, we ask uh, just right now that you will teach us out of your word this morning, God, that you will show us uh, what you want us to know. Lord, uh, convict us and just move in us and work in us. Lord, help us to not be uh, afraid. Help us to not be hesitant to obey you. But as you, as, you, as you work, as you tell us things, Lord, help us to be able to respond with obedience and respond with our lives. It's your, your name I pray. Amen. Well, I've, uh, I've told many of you before that I am from, uh, I like to call it podunk, middle of nowhere, Ohio, a country area, uh, but I, I, I probably oversell that sometimes if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm actually the only person from my area that I, that I knew, my immediate circle of friends growing up, who was not a farmer. So uh, even though in Columbus I'm viewed as like a country kid, where I'm from, I was like the city kid, you know, because I had like shoes that weren't boots or something, you know, I was like, I was that, that wild city kid, but I did grow up. Uh, in a place where we had a giant garden and we had a ton of trees. And so um, I was thinking back this week and, and just realizing, uh, you know, my kids have it pretty, pretty good because they don't have to do all the stuff I had to do. We had a giant garden and every year we would have to plant that garden and, and, and weed the garden and harvest all these random things and pick beans and snap beans and husk corn and things that people in Columbus have no idea what that is. But those are all the things we would do every year in my family. We also... Uh, we had rhubarb plants. Most people don't even know what rhubarb is. They're like, is he making that up? Is that English? Is he speaking French? Uh, we had rhubarb. We had chestnut trees. We had plum trees. We had peach trees, pear trees, apple trees, and, and all kinds of stuff. And so my dad loved to plant stuff. He loved to harvest things. And 
I don't know if we ever actually ate half the stuff. I think it was just like a really twisted hobby for him. Uh, and as I got older, I actually started to think that he really just wanted to plant more things that I would have to mow around and, and make, you know, like get the weed whacker out. It was almost like a punishment, but I couldn't prove it. So uh, anyway, I say all that to say, uh, I grew up in the country. We, we, we planted a ton of stuff and uh, my dad loved to plant things. And, and one summer, uh, he, he had this it was called Miracle, Miracle Harvest or something. He came up with this, like, um, this, this special bottle, and, and he was like, I've, I've, got, I've got something. You've got to see this, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, Dad. And my dad wasn't, like, someone that was, like, you know, falling into pyramid schemes all the time, so I could trust him. And I was like, all right, Dad, we've we got something here. What's going on? And uh, he's like, see this bottle? He's like, I paid, like, $40 for this. And I was like, okay, you know? And so I'm like, can I? He's like, don't touch it, you know? Don't, don't touch it. You, you might spill it, you know, because I wasn't too old. And so I'm like... Okay, this is a big deal. This is a big deal, Dad. And he proceeds to tell me this stuff uh, made the claim that basically if you would take like a leaf or, or an offshoot or like tear a branch off of a tree or, or a bush or a plant and you would dip it in this stuff, basically that, that would become a starter plant then. And so you could just like grab a leaf off a tree, dip it in this stuff, plant it, and you'd have a new tree. And so for someone like my dad who loved to plant stuff and, and loved to always be putting new plants in the ground, this was his way of saving money, you know, because if, if he didn't have to plant more rhubarb or more, more apple trees or whatever, this was, this was just a way of of doing that. And so he's like, listen, I know it sounds crazy. And I was thinking, yeah, it actually does, dad. It does sound crazy. You know, and he, he's like, might sound crazy, but he's like, if, if this thing work, works once, it, it pays for itself, you know? And so all summer, he, I just see him like tearing random limbs off of things and like twigs and leaves and stuff and like dipping him in this bottle of miracle, whatever, miracle harvest. And then just like putting him in the ground. And then every day he'd be out there like watering him with his special can and stuff. And at the end of the summer, Nothing, all right? I, I haven't ever asked my dad. I, I thought about calling him this week and be like, remember that one summer that everything you did failed, you know, and you couldn't plan anything, and it was a miserable summer? I didn't bring it up, but um, the, the reason I bring that up today is, is, is planning something like that, getting something like that to grow is, is just not that easy. There's, there's usually work involved. There's usually a timeline, and uh, dipping a leaf or a stem in some miracle harvest, making it just magically reproduce, that's, that's not the way it works. Life isn't made of, of magic beans that grow bean stalks in your backyard and all that that fun stuff. And I don't know if you guys have, uh, have plans to do a spring garden. Maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you are like, I don't even eat vegetables. I just do microwave pizza. I know some guys in the room like that, all right? And I don't, I don't want to ruin your plans if you were going to do a garden, if you like to plant stuff. Um, but there's, there's no shortcut for growth. There's no magical way to just like fast forward the timeline of growth and make things take off. There's no way to, to cut corners or, or find that, oh, I, I didn't do anything, and, and look, I'm, I'm still at the end result I wanted. You, you have to show some work and some preparation. And our, our big idea that we're going to kind of park on for this morning is that we can't expect to grow if we're not connected to the vine and the branches. Just like you can't magically tear a leaf off of something, dip it in the miracle formula, throw it in the ground, and have a garden an hour later, our, our lives... Most of us would say that, that we want to grow. We want to see our lives change. We want to go somewhere. Most of us want to see our relationship with Christ grow. And that formula for growth doesn't work if we're not connected to the vine and the branches. And so I want to look at a, a passage this morning out of John 15. So if you have a Bible, you can, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably one under your chair, whether you know it or not. We snuck it under there just, just for you. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word, we would love for you to take that Bible that you see there home with you today. You can take that home and, and read it throughout the week. I, I would recommend the book of John, a great place to start and a great, great book to read. But John 15 is the passage we're going to be in today. It's a table of contents in the front. You can, you can turn there. Maybe you've even got it on your iPhone if you're feeling really awesome. But uh, 
you can, you can turn there, and I'll read this, and I'll just let you know, John is, is one of the Gospels, and so like the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it tells the story of the life and ministry of Jesus, and uh, John takes a specific angle. Basically, uh, it's talking about the evidence of, of who Jesus was and how it brings us to the necessity of belief, and so John kind of took that angle saying, listen, this Jesus guy wasn't normal. He was special. He stood out. The things he did were real, and this is what he should ask of your life, or this is what your life should look like after that. And so uh, the, the chapters before, Jesus is, is uh, prepping to, to leave this world. And so he, he uh, goes through communion and the Last Supper and foot washing with his disciples. And then he uh, says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gift you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. And in this chapter, uh, he's basically preparing them what a relationship with him looks like and what growing in that relationship looks like. And so all of these chapters are kind of setting up that concept. He's saying, I'm not always going to be here with you, but here's what it looks like to live life with me, to live life in relationship with me and to grow. And so John 15, verse 1. Let's go ahead and I'll, uh, I'll read this. You can read along. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit that does bear fruit, I'm sorry, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me also as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Again, our big idea for the morning is that to to grow, for our lives to bear fruit, we have to be connected to the vine and the branches, and I I feel like you can see that theme over and over again from this passage. I'm sure as as we kept talking, you're thinking, all right, I'm getting it. Vine, branches, remain, connected. I see it, I see it. And yet I want to I walk us back through this passage and just see there are some things I want to point out, some things I think that apply to our lives and some things that I think, honestly, we, we overlook that are important. Verse 15, or I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse 1 there starts out, I am the true vine. I love that it says that because it's, it's basically implying there are other things in your life that want to speak into you. There are other things in your life that want to pretend that they can feed you. And so, so Jesus isn't saying, I'm the only vine. No, we know that's true. But, but the people he's talking to, he's saying, I'm the true vine. Because we all know that, that if you wanted to give 120 hours a week to your job, you probably could, right? I doubt your boss would be saying, hey, go home, spend time with your family. We wish they would say that, but they're probably like, no, stay, work for us. We, we love it when you do that. And if you wanted to give time to a hobby, I don't know if you do 
Pokemon or whatever you do, whatever hobby you have. Maybe you do fantasy football. I don't know. Whatever your hobby is, you could probably give hours and hours and hours to that hobby. Those things can feed us and and we can feel like they're taking our time and they can sustain us. And yet Jesus says here, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. He says, and my father is the gardener. You know, I mentioned that my dad would always have my brothers and I out in the garden and, and weeding and things. It's because gardeners have a goal. Gardeners have a goal in mind and an end result. And so God has an end result that he, that he loves to see out of our lives. He loves to see fruit. And so that passage said there in, in verse 2, he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. The result of our lives should be that we're glorifying God, that we're bearing fruit. And when that's not the case, we're not doing our job. Most of us have, have probably seen when you plant a garden, there's that one plant that doesn't come up and it's just awkward and brown and withering off to the side and eventually halfway through the season, you just you pull it out because you think you want the fruit and the nutrients and, and everything else to go to that other one. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. This verse goes on to say, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. This morning as we talk about growth and we've said that you need to be connected to the vine, Jesus, you need to be connected to the rest of the branches, the body of Christ, the church, the plant, I think this passage and this verse specifically, this line is very interesting because it says, even if you bear fruit, you're going to get pruned so that you can be more fruitful. Sometimes I think that most of us think, okay, I've given my life to Jesus, I'm following him, I'm a Christian, like I hear about on TV or something, now everything's better, I'm going to win the lottery, life's going to be awesome. And the reality is, this, this passage already told us, God's end result is that we glorify him, that we bear fruit. And so to be honest, there are going to be times that that some corners need cut off or that we need chiseled in a certain way or a way that he needs to say, you know what, I want to to change your attitude about this or I want to change the way that you approach this. I need to to prune you a little bit. And so to be honest, there's going to be times that that our egos are going to be hurt or that we're going to think, God, that's not how I would have done that. That's not how I like that. And yet he's saying he prunes us so that we can be more fruitful, so that we can glorify him so that we can grow as he, as he wants us to, because a gardener has a goal. Verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. He's telling us, if you have a relationship with Jesus, he has taken away the wrong things in your life. If you've given your life to him, you've been forgiven of your sins. Now you have a relationship with Jesus, you have access to God the Father, and you can live the life you were created to live. So it's kind of like, a, all right, you got this, you're set, now what? Verse 4 says, Remain in me, as I also remain in you. Jesus is saying, if you want to grow, stay connected to me, stay connected to the vine, remain in me, and I will be in you. The Bible tells us when we give our lives to Jesus, we're given the Holy Spirit, we're sealed the Holy Spirit to illuminate things in our minds, to to guide us through life, to to tell us things, to, to tell us what God wants from us. And so God is given to us and is inside of us. And so Jesus is saying, remain in me and I will remain in you. He goes on to say, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And so we've probably all had a conversation with someone that says something like, well, you know, I, I believe in God, and I, you know, sometimes I try to talk to him, and I don't, but I used to go to this one church, and, and somebody offended me, and so then I stopped going, and, and I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I want to have a relationship with God. I try to talk to him, but there's groups people are talking about, they don't fit my schedule, and I don't think to, to follow God you, you have to, you know, give money to him or, or share your faith every day, or I don't think you have to be in a group. You hear people kind of put out phrases like that. They say, I don't, I don't know what it means to be given to God. I'm, I'm into it, but I'm not really pursuing it. 
So this, this verse says, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So if you've ever thought, well, I don't know what my involvement needs to be with this God thing. I don't, know, I don't really want to change my life or inconvenience myself, or I'm not really excited about that church or those people. Basically, we're, we're given the recipe of what failure here looks like. This isn't, this isn't me. I know I, I kind of work here, so you could, you could think that this is me. I'm just reading this and telling you what it says, but if, if I'm the bad guy, so be it, I guess. But Jesus is saying, if you don't remain in me, you can't do anything. You can't grow. You can't see fruit in your life. You can't do what you were created to do unless you remain in me. Your life will not go where it's supposed to go. You will not bear fruit. Will not. These are the words of Jesus. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now those are harsh words, except he's offering himself to us. He's saying, I've given my life to you. I'm, I'm giving you access to me. I'm giving you access to God the Father. He's not saying, hey, here's the secret key you need. Too bad you can't have it, and then running away. He's saying, I want you to remain in me. I'm here for you. Let's, let's have this relationship. Let's, let's be the vine and the branches. Let's be connected. We're told that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. All of us that, that live in suburbia have done some, some brush clearing or cut some branches off of trees, and, and you haul them out to the curb, and you tie them up in neat little stacks, because that's what your city tells you to do. And then we've all had that problem where we have no idea what day they're going to come and pick them up, right? You put your leaves out there, and two days later it rains, and the bottom falls out of the bag, and it's ruined, and your life's complicated, right? Well, it's the same way with branches, and I'm possibly a little type A if you ask my wife. So sometimes I've been known to, to cut branches and put them out there when I think they're going to get picked up, and they don't get picked up. And after a while, they, they just start to look ridiculous, because you just have like the, you know, not that they look any better when they're green, but at least your neighbors can see that you've been doing work, and you're awesome, and you're taking care of your yard, you know. But then the, the, the more they die, the longer they're out there, they just start to look terrible, all right? We know that, obviously, if you cut a branch off a tree, it's going to die. It's not going to get any, any food. It's not going to, to get sustenance. It's not going to be taken care of. We know that when it comes to trees. And yet, with our lives, we think, well, I don't really have time for God today. I don't really have to spend time with him. I don't really have to, to work on that relationship, and I don't have time to go to church, and I don't have time to let these people mess around in my life or tell them what's going on in my life, so I'll just kind of do my own thing. And yet, we're that, we're that tree branch, Without a connection to God, without a connection to the true vine, without a connection to the branches, we're not feeding ourselves. We're not being taken care of, and we're going to die. We live in ignorance and tell ourselves we won't, but we will. Jesus is telling this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And this passage doesn't say that, that Jesus is like a magical genie, like, I want a new car, please, Jesus, please. He's saying, that, he's saying that if you're connected to me, if you have relationship with me, you're going to get the mind of Christ. And so your thoughts are going to be the thoughts of Jesus. And your will is going to be the will of Jesus. And the things that you want from your life are going to be the things that he wants from your life. And so the things that you ask for are going to be the things that he wants you to do. You're not going to say, I want a new car, I want a new car, oh please, Jesus, this is what I want. You're going to say, I care about my neighbors, because Jesus cares about my neighbors. Lord, I want you to give me an opportunity to talk to them this week because I want to share truth with them. I want to share the gospel with them. It says, remain in me and ask what you wish and it will be done. 
This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So as we do the will of God, as we start to see things click, as we start to see God really move in our lives, it's not because we're awesome. It's not because we've taken care of everything. It's for the glory of God. That's why we exist. It's why we live. He goes on to say, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So when you think of a a tree trunk and then the main limbs and the the branches, we think of this vine analogy, Jesus is, is being loved and submitting to his Father, to God his Father. And the same love that God is passing on to Jesus, Jesus is passing on to us that we pass on to others. The tree analogy, the vine, the branches analogy works so well because the same love and grace that we're being given, we pass on to the world. We pass on to the people that you're sitting next to that are in our church. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. We hear commands, we often think, oh, there, there goes God again telling me what to do. But if you've, if, you've been, uh, if you've been a Christian long enough, you understand that Jesus gave his life for you. He gave his life because there's a gap that separates us from God. Jesus gave his life and took our sins upon him to close that gap, to build a bridge. In the same way that Jesus gave his life, we can then turn around and give our life to him, to glorify him, to know him, to live for him, and to love him. And so these commands aren't, aren't a burden, but they're things that we can, we can live our life by. In fact, this passage says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Because we were created to know, love, and serve God. And when we're doing that, that's when we're joyful. Not happy because we've got things, because we've got a new iPad and we didn't know it was going to happen, or a new bonus, but because we're fulfilling our purpose. We have joy. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And so again, the same love and grace that we receive from God, from Jesus, we're passing on to other people. We're passing on to new and developing people. People that are, that are, are just like a, a new sprout or a leaf or a branch or a twig. People that have been in our church for a while. The other people that we're connected to, the other people that we see emerging in our lives, we're passing on that love to them. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Just as Jesus did for us, we're told that we can give our lives to the people we love, the people that we care about. Now, hopefully that doesn't actually mean laying down your life. Maybe it will. I've only been in Hilliard for a few months, but I haven't, no one's tried to take my life so far, all right? So I don't know where you live. Maybe things are a little different, all right? It's a metaphor, people. Don't get scared, all right? You can give your time. You can give your energy. You can give your money to help people's lives, to bless their lives. That passage says the greatest thing you can do is give your life to someone. Jesus goes on to say, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Now, we have, a, we have a skewed version of the word friend these days because most of us have Facebook. And so a friend is like someone that you had a class with once in like 1986, right? And so you just magically think like, oh, yeah, that's that guy Roy. We took chemistry together. We're like besties now, right? No, you don't know that person, all right? Jesus is saying, you're not my Facebook friend. He's saying, you're my friend because I've told you what I've done for you. I've given my life for you. I've told you my intention. I've told you how I want you to live your life because you're a part of this. You're a part of the kingdom of God. And as you live your life for me, it glorifies God. And that's our purpose. So he's saying, you're my, you're my true friends. And he goes on to say, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. He sent us to the world to bear fruit as we're connected to the vine, connected to the branches. 
And again, he says, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Again, to go back to our big idea for the morning, we can't expect to grow if we're not connected to the vine and the branches. I hope that passage made that painfully obvious. And yet, so often, we think that we can magically grow or be who God wants us to be without that connection. Nothing we can do can grow us if we're not connected to the vine and the branches. And so if you walk away with one thing today, I hope that, it, that you remember this. If you have a relationship with Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you know Jesus, you must spend time with him and invest in that relationship. Uh, a prayer, as soon as a, a cop pulls out behind you of, oh Lord, please don't let him pull me over, all right, that, that doesn't count. Although I think I did that like three times this week, okay? Um, that, that doesn't count. You, you have to regularly invest in that relationship. Spend time in God's word so that you know the heart of God so that you know what he wants for your life so that you can glorify him and bear fruit you have to spend time connected to Jesus his son spending time in his presence giving your your time and your energy and your life to him and you also have to spend time connected to the vine and the branches and that's the church that's the that's the body of Christ Jesus is the vine he's our source of life love and relationship and we can we can connect to him Connected also means that, that we can connect to his church, his, his people. Jesus gave his life for the church, and so we should care about things that he cares about. We should care about the same things that he cares about. I often get told that, that I'm, I'm kind of an exact person. I already confessed that I'm type A, so I... It's out there, all right? I'm very black and white, and so sometimes uh, when I teach, when I talk about things, people are like, wow, you really decided on that, haven't you? And I don't mean to come across pushy or, or crazy, uh, but, but I want you to know that as I read a passage like this, if Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, get connected, stay connected, in my mind it means, I'm the vine, you're the branches, get connected, stay connected. That's, that's just how my mind works. And so, I, like I said, I don't mean to be pushy or crazy, but I want, I want you to know kind of the, the two things that I see out of this passage. God is telling us that we have to be connected to him and to his people so that we can grow, so that we can bear fruit, so that we can be who he wants us to be. And there, was a, there was a time in my life uh, that I used to uh, eat a lot more food than, than even now. Some of you have spent time with me and had food around me and you think that's crazy. You're like, he really puts it away now. But uh, there, was a, there was a day that I, I used to go to Wendy's and just get like a couple big triples and like live the dream and you know, you'd go with your friends and that's just what you did. Some of the guys in the room were like, yes, the big triple, I remember those days. Uh, and there was a day that I used to go to Chipotle and get like double burrito and double meat and whatever else. Um, there came a day though that I, and my wife helped me get there. I shouldn't keep making fun of you, honey. I apologize. But uh, my wife helped me realize, you know, you might not have to do the double burrito now. In fact, they have this really cool thing called a bowl where you don't get all the calories and all the terrible stuff. And, and you, can, you can change the way you eat. And so up till that point in my life, I just would eat whatever I wanted and then just go run and lift weights and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I look good enough. I'm happy with who I am. And I, and I came to realize that, uh, that, that I, I needed to, to work hard and needed to work out but I also needed to, to change my diet a little bit. It kind of took two things to, to grow and, and to change myself and be who I wanted to be. And so uh, there's one thing that everyone in this room has in common today. It's that you're in this room today, all right? That's a confusing statement, I know, all right? 
that you're here on a Sunday morning. And so I don't mean to, to speak down to Sunday mornings and, and, and talk bad about them. Sunday morning is an incredible thing where we can come and, and celebrate who God is, what he's doing in our lives, and we can connect and get to know people in the room and see the body of Christ and see a full picture of the body of Christ and hear someone talk about how they're, they're glorifying God as a nurse because you'll never hear me talk about that. I'm not smart enough to be a nurse, all right? But you can see the whole body of Christ and celebrate that. And yet... If you look around the room, you probably don't know the things that people are struggling with. You probably don't think, oh, I know exactly what's going on in that guy's life, and I know how to pray for them, and, and I know what's going on there. And so I would, I would be making a terrible mistake this morning if we talked about connection and being connected to the vine and the branches and doing the will of God and how we can grow ourselves and prune ourselves if I did not tell you about our movement groups, about our small groups, which Sarah already alluded to. My wife was telling me about a, a book this week, and, and she said that the guy in this book was referring to four types of community. And so when you first meet people, you're kind of in a, a pseudo-community phase. And so you were probably there this morning where you walked in, and you're like, oh, hey, how are things? Good, okay. And you sat down. That's not bad. That's just, that's American culture. That's what you do in large groups. That's, that's pseudo-community. And yet, for you to grow, for you to be pruned, for you to be connected, for you to be who God wants you to be, you have to kind of enter a, a, a next phase, a phase where, where things change a little and, and things are a little different, where, where you can learn and you can share that life isn't perfect, that you aren't perfect, and that, that maybe there are limits or things that, that aren't going right in your life. We've shared this phrase before, that that's a, that's a phase where iron can sharpen iron. And for that to happen, there has to be conflict. There has to be friction. There has to be heat for iron to sharpen iron. Most of us have not taken that step to be in real community with people. When you, when you enter that phase, there's, a, there's an emptying of yourself and of your desires. You see other people. You see other things. You see a purpose outside of yourself and a purpose greater than yourself. And you learn a certain amount of humility. But that's when you're pruned. That's when you grow. That's when you're connected to the vine and the branches. And you're becoming who God wants you to be. That is the goal and that's what happens in our movement groups. And so... We have certain things that, that we celebrate here that we track as a church. We have what we call a dashboard. Some of you know that you have a dashboard in your car. Some of you don't because someone else just fills up your gas tank and you just go about your business, right? But uh, if you've never looked at your dashboard before, you know that there's a gas gauge on there, maybe, all right? And so uh, that, that's on there because it's important. If you don't have gas, you're not going to get anywhere, all right? And so our, our church, uh, not because we're obsessed with these things, but we want to know what does our health look like? Where are we as a church and as a body? And so we keep track of these things. New believers, new baptisms, what, what's happening on Sunday mornings? What do our numbers look like? What are, what are we seeing as far as new leadership, people serving and, and people leading groups? What about new groups? Are, are new movement groups being started? What, is, what does giving look like? Everything is not about money, but Jesus tells us where your, where your money is is where your heart is. And so what does our giving look like? And we also keep track of planning churches. Now, we're, we've been in here eight weeks, so we haven't planted a church yet, all right? But I want you to know that we're saving some of our money to do that. And so they're, they're, those are the seven things that, that we care about. And we watch those things because they're a good gauge. And so I don't expect you to know this, but uh, we've been averaging uh, just about 70 adults on a Sunday morning in this room connected to our church. Everyone's not here every week. Some people are in the back serving, but 70 adults are kind of what we think call movement church home. And so as we track those things, I can tell you this morning that, that there, are, there are 44 people in groups. I won't make you do the, the long division there because it's really hard and you have to carry a one and everything, but let me just tell you this. It's, it's 
And again, I'm, I'm black and white, so I don't mean to be preachy, which is an ironic thing for a pastor to say, I realize, but that passage is saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches, get connected to me, get connected to my people, remain in me, stay in me, grow in me, be pruned in me, plant yourself. And right now we have a 62%. Some of you have probably taken classes, maybe there's even some teachers in the room. A 62% is not good. Now, I don't mean to pick on us, I don't mean to put us down, but I just mean to say we've got a lot of growth, we've got steps that we can take as a church and as a group of people. I don't, I don't want us to have a 62% forever. Another way that, that we can be connected, that we can invest in people, we can speak into people, we can sharpen people, is, is to volunteer, to use our gifts, the ways that God has gifted us. Sometimes we get up here and, and talk about that, and I think people turn us off and forget. But I mentioned that we have adults right now back in Movement Kids that are, that are telling my son about Jesus, that are teaching them stories from the Bible. And I love that people do that. I love that people are passionate about kids. I love that people want to serve, want to invest in our kids because they feel gifted in that way because someone told them about Jesus when they were little and they want to do the same thing. We have, we have people like Matt who, who, who during the week learn the songs that we're going to play on Sunday, not because he has nothing better to do than play the drums. There are times of the year the guy has two jobs. He, he works like crazy, but he knows that when he plays, he helps you worship God. And so we have people that serve with the creative arts team. We have someone who had to cut out those red letters today because they wanted you to know the words of Jesus mean something. So we have people that serve with movement kids. We have people that serve with creative arts and tech and the band. And we have people who, who serve on the first impressions team and, and smile when you walk in the door because they want you to feel welcome. They want you to be excited about being here and to know that, that God is, is happy that you're here. So again, around 70 adults. We have 31 people that are, that are doing that. 31 people on those teams. And I don't, I don't mean to say, shame on you, Movement Church, and make you feel bad, but I, but I want to just tell you where we're at today. 31. That's, that's a 44%. It's making 62 look a lot better, isn't it? And yet that's, that's who we are, that's where we are. And again, I don't say that to shame you. I say that to encourage you, to inspire you. Because we've, we've only been around a few weeks and meeting in this building and, and deciding who we are and, and taking steps. And if I'm being honest, I think there's a lot of people in the room that can take steps of connection and growth. Maybe, maybe God's saying to you, you know what? You need to be in a group. You need to share what's going on in your life with other people. You need to really open up to other people so that God can speak through them and God can speak into you and you can be connected and grow. Maybe, maybe that doesn't fit, but maybe you're thinking, Sunday's the only day I've got of the week. Maybe God's saying to you, I've given you this gift. I gave it to you. I need you to pass that gift along to the rest of the vine and the branches and the, the leaves and the, the tiny little new sprouts. I need you to use that gift that I've given you. I need you to invest and remain in me and connect in that way. It was mentioned at the beginning that, that you've got a, a connect card in your hand. That's not just for VIPs that, that want a free t-shirt, although I hope you get one today because they're awesome and super soft, all right? It's also something you can fill out if you want to take the step of faith and, and join a group. If you want to say, you know what, I've avoided community long enough, I know that God wants to put me in relationship with other people so that they can grow me and sharpen me, if you want to do that this morning, you can write that on that card, and you can take it to that table right out there and say, I'd like to be contacted. You're not, you're not signing a blood contract, you're not joining a cult or anything, you're just saying, I want someone to email me or call me and I want to talk about a group. You're just saying you're interested. Or maybe you want to serve on a Sunday and jump on one of those volunteer teams and say, God's given me this gift and I can serve him in this way. Again, you're not, you're not signing a contract. You're just saying, 
I'm interested, here's, here's the gifts I have, or maybe where I think they could fit. This is what I'm interested in. But I feel like we would be betraying this passage if we didn't offer that to you this morning. If we didn't say, hey, God wants us connected. God wants us passing on the love and the gifts that he's given us to the rest of the tree, to the rest of the vine and the branches. That's what he wants for us. And so we want to offer that opportunity. And so I want to give you just a second to, to think about that, to pray about that. And, and I, I want to see us act. I, I prayed that at the beginning that we would be obedient. I'm not trying to give anyone a guilt trip, but I, I'm assuming there's someone in the room that's saying, yep, God's been telling me I need to jump into a group and be in community. Write that on that card right now. You don't have to make eye contact with me. We're not, we're not taking attendance, all right? Seriously, stop what you're doing right now. Hit the person next to you. Tell them you want a pen and write that on that card. Because if God wants you in a group, we want you in a group. And you want you in a group. And if God's telling you, you need to use your gifts, you need to serve, go ahead, write that right now. And as, as soon as this is over, even as soon as we start singing, go, go out to that table. Take that card to that table and say, this is what God has put on my heart. This is what I need to do. For me to be connected to the vine and the branches with my life means this. This is how I have to respond. Hi guys, I'm, I'm excited about what God is building here. I'm excited about where God is taking Movement Church. And I hope you're excited enough to say, I want to I give this little bit of time or this little bit of, of energy or I want to give my gifts. I want to do this in this way. And so my prayer is this morning that we will respond. Maybe you need some time to think about that. Maybe as we worship, you can just say, God, what are you asking of me? What does it mean to be connected? What does it mean to respond? And if God puts it on your heart, it's a simple tear-off card, right? I want to be in a group. I want to serve on a team. Take it out there. Because as, as we connect more and more, as God is, is our vine and we're the branches and we're channeling his love and his grace, the Bible tells us that, that all of us will see a, a clearer picture of God. When we see each other's gifts and what we're doing, we see God intimately. We see him completely. And so I'm excited to see God completely in our church. I'm excited to see what he's going to build and the way he's going to grow us. And that doesn't start with a, a room of people saying, yeah. That, that starts with, with individuals saying, I'm going to respond to what God is asking me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to connect to people. So I'm going to invite the band up. We can, we can keep worshiping and, and just ask God, Lord, what do you want from me today as we pray now and as we continue to worship? Let's pray together. God, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you Lord, for what you're showing us. Thank you for what you're doing in Movement Church. God, I pray, Lord, that you will just continue to, to show us what it means this morning, Lord, to be the vine and to be the branches. Lord, help us to be connected to you first in relationship throughout the week, to be in your word and to pray, Lord, but also to pass on the love, relationship, and, and gifts that you've given us to the rest of the world, to the rest of the tree, to the rest of the church. God, we want to worship you this morning and glorify you and bear fruit so that your name is praised. Amen.